Hello and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today I had a wonderful conversation with Beth Raymer. And Beth is, she works in the pharmaceutical industry, but she also has a practice on the side. She is a career counselor and a professional coach. So that's the kind of stuff that we talked about today. And, you know, we started off talking about work-life balance. And I said, well, what in the world is work-life balance? Because that feels like an illusion. And she said, yes, totally. So we talked about what the real deal is and how high-achieving women tend to think that they want it all and they can have it all. And it's all about pushing, pushing, pushing just to be successful in our careers, but then we end up bringing that home as well and not really having the downtime and the slowing down time that we need for our health. And uh, Beth shares her burnout story with us and we talked uh, a lot about that and how it's, it's you know, we put ourselves last and, and that's not okay. And that does lead to, as I call it, the machine breaking down and not working so well. We talked about, you know, what does it mean to have it all and how being able to be in the flow state, whether you're at work or you're at home, is so important for your actually having true success, right? True all around success in your life and your career. So we talked about that stuff and more. Enjoy. Hello, Beth. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Jill, thank you so much. I am eager to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Me too. Me too. So we're going to start off by talking about the term work-life balance. And I would love for you to explain to me what is that? Because, you know, I attended this conference a couple of years ago. It was a health and wellness conference. And this woman did this entire presentation about how there's no such thing as work-life balance. And I was like, I still to this day don't really understand what she means, but I would love to hear your perspective on that. But also just, you know, what is it? What do we mean? What are we talking about when we say work-life balance? Yeah. Well, I might have to agree with the other woman because I will say that I think work-life balance is an illusion in many ways. And the reason that I say that is because, especially when we are high-achieving, career-focused women, we tend to want it all. We think that we can do it all. And there's no reason that we can't have it all. And unfortunately, when we get into that mindset, sometimes it just keeps us spinning on the hamster wheel. We're always in motion, kind of doing things for everybody else, you know, answering all the messages, managing everything. But when it comes to ourselves, we put ourselves last and we oftentimes don't have any anything left for ourselves. So we can give give all in one area, but find that we're depleted when we look into the other area of our life. And so, you know, I like to think of myself as a what I call a life and career alignment coach. And really, it's all about energy. because when we learn how we can embody the best of both worlds, I think it's, you know, it's really about, I call, I, I call it a, a wheel of well-being. I define it as what, what I call the wow factor. Mm -hmm. And in that wow factor and in that wheel, I, I'll liken it to spokes in a wheel. 
if, you know, if one of the spokes in your bicycle wheel is bent or it's broken, we're kind of limping along. You know, we may be making Mm. progress, but it's slow, it's painful, it's not easy. But if everything is in alignment, it just flows along. And that doesn't mean that we don't hit bumps in the road. It just means that we can navigate those bumps a little bit more easily. Mm. So I think that there's, you know, a way to to be satisfied and to feel productive and to feel like we are, you know, living this this passion that we have without feeling completely drained. But I, I think, you know, sometimes when we look at what is that, if it's truly work-life balance, um, I like to use the word alignment better than that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Aligning your life with your values and what's what your priorities are and what's important to you. Exactly. So you said something about high achievers. We're not talking about men. We're talking about women. Everybody who listens to the podcast knows we do that. on <laughs> women as well. I, I cannot claim to understand men at all. Like I can barely figure out my husband and I've known him for 20 something years. Okay. But um, women, you know, I can relate. But this, what you said was a lot of women who are high achievers, they want to have it all. And I found that a very interesting expression because I want to have it all. And I talk about this a lot. Like, what does that mean? To me, having it all means having a personal life that's taken care of, right? Like I'm, I'm nourishing my relationships. I'm, I'm prioritizing my relationships with my family and loved ones. And I'm also taking care of my body. And I'm also, you know, in my professional world, doing all the things that I want to do. To me, that's having it all. But mm-hmm. for, I think what you were talking about, maybe I'm guessing was more like, you know, to keep pushing for success, success, success. I don't know. I just, that just struck me when you said have it all, yeah. because I think I, I, maybe I'll ask you, like, did you mean that that in terms of they want to have it all in their success in their career, but they're neglecting all this other private, you know, personal stuff back there? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Thank you for asking for clarification. I think that the way I see it is having it all in both the work and the life and it's challenging because when I look at a career women, woman's life, she's in the workplace. And I like the fact that you use the word pushing because she's in that workplace and she's pushing to, to do all the things. She's pushing to get that project done. She's pushing to facilitate a meeting. She's you know pushing to do all of these things, right? To check all the boxes. And then she's getting home from work and Everyone is so busy. I always say busy is a four-letter bad word because it keeps us spinning. And so once when she's home from work, she may be pushing to get dinner on the table, get the kids to the soccer game or to dance lessons. Or so it's almost like stuck in this masculine energy of pushing, of having to get it done, of driving it forward. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the night when she's able to finally sit down, she's sitting down to mindlessly watch something on Netflix. Right. It doesn't actually give herself the chance for true rest, Mm. rest and rejuvenation. Because chances are at 2 a.m., that thought's going to come into the head about 
what didn't get done or what should have been done differently, whether it be at work or at home. And it, you know, it just creates this, this turmoil. And so when I say, you know, that wanting to have it all, pushing to have it all, you know, I, yeah, in some ways, I guess I'm using that in a little bit of a negative way. I can see where your slant is, you know, this idea of we can do it all, but there's a way to do it all in a more, a more flow state. And, you know, I, when I'm talking to women, I always say, you know, I'm, I'm this, bring in this structured strategy which is that, you know, the practical perfectionist uh, career woman in me, mm-hmm. but I just sprinkle it with this woo-woo because the woo-woo is where we give ourselves permission to take the pause, to feel the ease of being able to go into the flow mm-hmm. and into, into that state that really allows us to open up our creativity. It allows us to tap into our intuitive self. And I feel like if we don't, truly give ourselves a chance to just quiet down, truly quiet down, that, you know, we're we're still stuck in that pushing masculine energy rather than allowing ourselves to feel the flow of the feminine. Yeah. Oh, p- beautifully put, Beth. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I love, love, love that you you stated that so eloquently because, I see, I, know, I see what you're talking about. And it's funny because from our perspective as like, you know, helping women with their health practices specifically, right? So we, like I mentioned earlier, you know, we're not necessarily like strategic executive coaches, right? But, but we help women to take care of, well, I call it taking care of the machine, you know, like you got to mm-hmm. take care of the machine or else it's not going to work well for you. What I would see is that push, 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 like I got to get up even earlier and go to the gym to check off that box that I'm working out and I have to, you know, push myself hard to make sure that I'm eating well and, Mm -hmm. you know, hurry up and meditate kind of, kind of attitude, you know, and, and that it's the approach is coming from this place of like not being enough. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not enough, you know, and so that's the what well, I say. That's the wrong context. You do. You might be doing the so-called right actions, but you're doing them in the wrong context. With the, the wrong, wrong intention. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I, I agree with you 100 percent. And I use this analogy a lot. Actually, I was just listening to another episode with Shannon Black, episode 97. Amazing. Amazing. You have to listen to that one. Anybody listening and also Beth, where she talks about how the nervous system kind of gets locked into it creates these templates from trauma and stress and stuff. That's like the opposite of how we're supposed to be functioning, whether it's at work or at home. We're not designed to be in this push, push, go, go, work hard kind of state like we will break down. We will break down like that. It's not a question of if it's a question of when we will break down. And some people break down slowly. Oh, you know, I have all this pain in my knees. Oh, I'm gaining weight. Oh, you know, my hair is falling out, but otherwise I'm okay. And then, you know, they are kind of tattered. And over the years, you know, eventually all hell breaks loose, right? We literally are not physiologically designed to cope with stress in the way that we're putting on ourselves. And I, and the reason I mentioned that episode is because I do always use the example of my dog and how when he barks, you know, there's someone at the door, his hackles are up and he's in that stress state, like 
we are right all day long. Um, but then after the, you know, the male guy goes, he just flops over and, and just goes to sleep. And he's back in that, that relaxed state. That's how we're supposed to be functioning. But we're doing the exact opposite where we're going, going, going on all day. And then maybe we take, you know, 10 minutes to take a bath or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's not the design, the machine is not designed to function that way. So we will break down. And I know you have thoughts about what I just said, but if you could also tie that into, because you shared with me that you did have, you did yourself experience burnout, which we know mm -hmm. now has been classified as a, as a medical syndrome. From what I said, your thoughts, and then also tell us your story about what happened to you. Right. Yeah. And what I love about what you said is because we are all going to find ourselves in moments in time where we are, you know, pushing, we have a deadline, we have a goal that we really want to achieve. So we're really, we are really striving for that, you know, that end achievement. And in small doses, that's perfect. It's okay to do it that way. But unfortunately, in today's world, oftentimes we find ourselves, it goes from one thing to the next thing. And so we're in constant, you know, we keep ourselves in constant overdrive. And, you know, a, a couple of years ago, I had experienced burnout. And, you know, unfortunately, there's no neon sign that's blinking that says burnout, burnout, caution. You don't know it until you're deep into it oftentimes. And you know, I was I was dealing with a, a work situation where the, the company had gotten acquired by another company unexpectedly, and I was in the middle of striving for a promotion. And so coming into this newly formed company, I almost had to start back at square one again because a lot of the original people had left. So I was like doing double duty, trying to strive for my promotion, doing doing everything, right? But I had this goal in mind. I knew that I could achieve this. And so I was pushing forward in every way possible. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic hits in the midst of this. And so as the pandemic happened, and I'm, I'm a field-based employee, all of a sudden, everybody was forced into being on conference calls 24-7. It felt like 24-7 because the workday just didn't seem like it ever ended. And so when you started combining that, and then all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I, I actually have a certificate in health and wellness coaching and particularly in gut health. So I have a real, um, you know, practice and belief in, in the power of, of my, my health and nutrition and, and movement. But all of a sudden through the pandemic, then I kind of lost that. Which was a, which was a real outlet for me. I wasn't eating cleanly anymore. Mm. Um, I, you know, was drinking more alcohol, more <laughs> wine every night. I wasn't exercising like I had been. And, you know, then I'm older. And so all of this started compounding. So not only was I pushing, but the things that I had used to help diffuse some of that, I wasn't, I wasn't participating in that to the degree that I had been prior. So, you know, all of a sudden I found myself at wit's end where, you know, I'm, I'm in tears and I'm emotional. And when we, we can get caught up, when you talk about the neurotransmitters that are going on in our bodies, right? When we are in this pushing mode, when we have this goal, we're striving for something 
and we get this energy burst, right? Because that's our body. It's, you know, it's our, it's our body's way of saying, Hey, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you this burst of energy that you need. Mm. And that's fabulous. And sometimes it can also be addictive because so often we get caught up in that feeling of, Oh yeah, it's, it's like uh, this caffeine high, even if we're not having, you know, drinking eight cups of coffee, which some people do. But, you know, our bodies can get used to being in that on mode all the time. And we get used to that. And so we're constantly looking for that rush. And so it it can be very, very hard then when you say, well, I'm going to just take that bath, right? Not a shower. I'm actually going to take a bath. And you're in the water. But instead of thinking about how comforting and, and, and the intention around relaxation in the bathtub, You're thinking about what needs to be ironed for the next day, your daughter's, you know, science report that has to be done. And so you're not actually allowing yourself to even have a 10 minutes time period where you're taking, you know, the level down and where you're truly relaxing. It interrupts our sleep and sleep is our time for our rejuvenation of our body, of our brain. And when we don't allow ourselves that, that's when you start seeing those things like you were describing, right? The hair falling out and things like that, that were happening to people that are under constant stress. Yeah. So I I think that self-awareness is part of it because when we talk about the emotional reactions that we're having, that's the amygdala, which, you know, the amygdala is very primitive um, in our, in our center brain. And it's like when the saber tooth tiger was chasing us. You know, we needed to to run right away to not get eaten, but our body doesn't know if it's a saber-toothed tiger or if it's, you know, a report that's due to our boss. Right. All it knows is that we're in hyper mode. And so we really can damage ourselves mentally and physically and emotionally by staying in that hyper mode, you know, all the time. It really, we can do a disservice to ourselves, I think. Yeah. And I love how you mentioned the sleep too, because I've been uh, seeing a lot lately around insomnia and how sleep disturbances and insomnia are predominantly, like vastly, vastly predominantly caused by stress, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to whatever else. (laughs) And it's funny because I'm going to do a blog post this week about sleep and hormones and what hormones actually help us sleep. And, you know, and, um, one of them is progesterone, right? Which is this wonderful sex hormone that we have. Its production is compromised when we're stressed, you know, of a certain age, right? If you're 25 less or 35 less so, but once we're hit like late 30s, we produce less progesterone from our ovaries. And then if we're stressed out, our adrenals are not going to produce as much because too busy producing cortisol. So we have DHEA, we have progesterone, you know, we have GABA, we have these wonderful chemicals in our bodies that can help us sleep. Stress is going to compromise them. You can hear my dog drinking water in the background. Sorry about that. <laughs> He's a big boy. And he, his drinking water is a messy affair, let me tell you. Yeah, the water is good for us, too. I think that is perfect. He's a plant in the audience to remind us. <laughs> because that's so important for, you know, mind and body as well. That's so true. Like if you're dehydrated, that brain's not going to function well. So I'm glad you brought up sleep because I think a lot of times people will now seek out sleep aids without Mm -hmm. realizing that what it's not, you're not addressing the root problem like at all. 
And you mentioned awareness. And I know you have a lot of knowledge and expertise around emotional intelligence. So I wanted to bring that into the conversation as well, because you mentioned to me earlier before we started recording that some women have that self-awareness, like uh, something's, something's going to break here, you know, and other people don't have as much awareness. So can you talk a little bit about that, why you mentioned that, why that's important? Sure. So I, I definitely think that, you know, there's some people that are, and I'll use the verbiage, uh, more highly sensitive than others. Some recognize it and some don't, which can be the challenge. And I think that, you know, we all can be in a space where if something happens to us unexpectedly or something happened that we didn't like or didn't appreciate, we all can have a reaction to that. And when we are emotionally resilient, we have that capability to recognize, to have the self-awareness that, you know, oh, wow, you know, I'm not happy about that that, you know, that made me look bad in a meeting in front of other people, and we can become upset. But if we have this emotional awareness around it, we can understand what we're feeling in that moment. And we can recognize that, you know, I'm going to react, but we don't get, we don't shift into reaction mode, which can make a situation worse. But we can we can take that moment where we can step back and recognize what just happened and, you know, and and express ourselves in a way that that shows that I that whatever was say was something was said, that what was said was heard by us. But we're not about to go down the rabbit hole of, you know, then worrying. And, you know, again, I'll, I'll go back to the example in a meeting where, you know, maybe I was criticized in a meeting in front of others. But instead of reacting and, and you know, starting an argument or, or crying or something like that, we can step back and, you know, say, okay, I, I've heard what you said. You know, I'd like to have further conversation about that after the meeting. And so by being able to show that emotional self-control not only outwardly, but also inwardly, helps us to stay calm. And I always say, step one is self-awareness. You know, when we feel that instantaneous reaction to something that was said, something that happened, we have a moment of choice. I'll take it back, you, you know, being a specialist in nutrition and healthy eating, binge eating oftentimes, you know, well, you know, I'm going to now, I'm upset about this, so now I'm going to eat that entire bag of chips. So that that emotional reaction shows up in various ways. And it can even actually be anything that's hyper. And it could be the person who does hyper exercise where they're, they can be emotionally torn up and they're going to go and beat their body up through a very, very, very intense workout, which again, may not be bad on the outside. But when you look at what's really happening on the inside and what's prompting that, it actually can be a destructive pattern in a person. So I think that when we look at, you know, things like work-life balance, things like feeling burnout in the workplace, things like feeling pressured, you know, in, in at work and at home, when we can set ourselves up for, you know, understanding, you know, number one, adding one more activity in, do I really need to do that? 
Do is Am I only people pleasing by saying yes to one more thing? Or can I set some boundaries around what activities I'm taking on? Because that is an emotional reaction, being able to say, you know, gee, I already have a full plate. Could we possibly find somebody else to do that? Or gee, honey, I, you know, mommy would love to take you for dance lessons tonight, but I don't think I can get home in time. Maybe we can have your friend's mother take and I'll pick up. So, you know, being able to look at, you know, ways that we can diffuse the situation, come up with alternative solutions is being more emotionally resilient rather than feeling like we have to, again, go back to that term, pushing to do it all because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Yeah. That's so much in there. I'm not sure if I answered the original question. I might've gone down a rabbit hole myself. <laughs> no, no, but that's all good stuff. I, I, I think that, like you said, the awareness is so important. And also, like you mentioned earlier, that burnout, you know, there's no email that you get one day saying, hey, hey, babe, you know, you're, you're about to be burnt out. Like it, it just sort of silently almost happens. Right. And that awareness is so important. And I also was reminded when you were talking about how if you start off your day stressed, right? Like you didn't sleep well, you woke up in the middle of the night with your thoughts racing, like you mentioned, and then, you know, you get up and it's immediately chaos and you're running around, you look at your phone, you're running around, you get to work, everything's chaotic. Your ability to have that emotional resistance is already compromised. Like if you're sleep deprived and you're stressed, you're going to react like a thousand times more than what would probably be reasonable just because you don't have that, the wherewithal, so to speak, to just pause and then, you know, use your brain creatively or, you know, whatever it is that would be needed in that situation. So it really kind of does go back to managing your schedule, saying, you know, like you're saying, doing less of that people pleasing. There's only so many hours in the day. Mm Mm-hmm. So I I think, you know, and we both believe in this. I think it's really about the holistic approach to our well-being. Right. So in in my, and I'll mention my podcast, if it's okay, that in Design Your Vibrant Life, the messaging that I bring and in some of my, my private groups that I have, it really is about taking a holistic approach. And for me, it's, it's, helping women to understand how to shift their energy from whatever it is that they're feeling to be able to shift it. For instance, um, you know, we talk about getting up, having a sleepless night and getting up in the morning and feeling frazzled to even start our day. So, you know, two things about that is number one, you know, there's even a way that we can shift our energy when we wake up at night and we have those racing thoughts, right? I profess to, to being an advocate for a lot of breath work and things like that, which can actually help to put you back to sleep. And as you said, without, you know, these other sleep aids, right? But also even waking up in the morning and and recognizing that we have a chance to even shift our energy from the get-go, setting that intention. And something like I will ask myself is, you know, what is something that I can add in today that's going to dial up a notch, right? That's going to just take my energy up a notch that will make me feel supported, that will make me feel cared for, that will make me feel nurtured and not be afraid, number one, to to take care of myself. I, I like to say that, you know, I'm all about ease and convenience. After all, I am that busy working career woman, right? So I'm all about ease and convenience. We have to be able to find ways in the, in brief moments throughout our day 
to be able to shift our energy. Just to, it doesn't take an hour meditation to be able to calm yourself down. You can actually do it in just a few minutes with some breath work. I like to do reflexology and things like that as well. But, you know, to find helping women find the things that will just shift their energy in in tiny pockets of time, because nobody has we don't have the wherewithal to add one more thing in. So it's it's like, you know, taking our routine and just adding adding some things in that can help us to to shift the way we're feeling. Yeah, I love that. I think I think that's a wonderful it's it's accepting reality, right? The reality is you got a job, mm-hmm. maybe you have a side business you're trying to grow and you know, <laughs> you have kids like it, it is what it is right now. So trying to deny all that and say, well, let me just quit my job and and I'll just go sit on a mountain. Like that's unrealistic. So how do we fit these things into our day? I, I, I think it's a multifaceted approach, of course, right? Because you could also that's look at your day and say, well, you know, I don't really need to be on that board or, you know, be making a hundred cookies for this thing. Like thinking about why we're doing some of the things we're doing. Are we trying to please other people or all of that? So I think it's, it's a multifaceted approach, but I love how you're saying, you know, let's take what we have and work with it and, you know, add like Mm -hmm. a 10 deep breaths before you eat lunch or something, you know, just little Mm -hmm. things you can sprinkle in. So that's amazing. And when I say the word boundary too, I I, I want to add in there that, you know, I, I don't even just mean setting boundaries, say within the workplace, but even setting boundaries within ourselves, like you just said, mm-hmm. looking at the schedule. Do I, you know, how, I always ask the question, how does this serve me? I would, I would love to do it, but is that really something that I should be taking on right now? And if not, if it doesn't serve my higher purpose, if it doesn't really support me and my goals, what I'm trying to accomplish or how I'm going to feel at the end of the day, then perhaps I shouldn't be doing it and not feel guilty, giving ourselves permission to not do everything. Yeah. And I, and I also like you said, you know, right now, that's something that I remember because I was going to take this Goldman Sachs 10,000 small businesses program and it was amazing, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that right now. I'm going to do it down the road. So sometimes even just l- allowing yourself to say, well, you know, maybe in six months I'll reconsider that thing. Because sometimes we think we got to get it all done now. <laughs> it's like... Bravo for saying that. And I hope everyone hears that loud and clear. That was that was perfect, Jill. Yeah. Thank you. Well, this has been amazing, Beth. I feel like you and I could just keep chatting and chatting because I I feel like we're, it's so aligned. And I've talked to lots of people about this and other aspects of health. And I just, more and more, I'm realizing, you know, there are certain universal truths out there, you know, like they're just truths. Our nervous system is designed to function the way it's supposed to be functioning. We have not evolved to be in that chronic push state 20 hours a day. Like we just haven't, our, 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 um, genetics, our, our biology, our biochemistry has not caught up with that. (laughs) Hopefully it never will. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's the reality. That's the truth of the situation. We can either accept that and do what it takes to care for the machine properly, or we can break down and burn out. And so we get to choose. Prevention is a lot easier than recovery. Absolutely. Very. mm, I love that point. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's it's really uh, after having worked in functional medicine for six years, I can tell you that is absolutely a hundred percent true. There's a whole reason that I got out of functional medicine and started getting into helping women with weight management because you can see how not everybody, but sometimes having obesity can lead to further health deterioration, right? So that is a form of prevention. That was the way that I thought of it, which is why I went in in the first place. So it's so true. So please, ladies, pay attention. <laughs> there are things you can do and, and they don't have to be that hard. Like, like Beth is saying, it could be just incorporating a new breathwork practice, you know, one yeah. thing at a time. Taking a walk around the wall. Yeah, go outside and look up at the trees. I like that one. So I had someone on the podcast who said, even if you just look up, that changes your your perspective, just looking up. So I, I thought that was very interesting. So um, there's a lot that can be done out there. Beth, I really appreciate your time today and your wisdom. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me. Oh, I appreciate the invitation. It was so happy to to join you today. And I look forward to, I love all your podcast episodes. You're really delivering very valuable information. And I, I appreciate it. I love absorbing Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. And I love how Beth and I are just so much on the same page with some of the, so many of these things. So check out Beth. You can learn more about her uh, through LinkedIn, and we will put the uh, link to her profile in the show notes. I'd also like to invite you to visit Our World, uh, where you can start with visiting our website, which is winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N, weightloss.com. And W-Y-N stands for With Your Nature. So we believe very strongly that the path to health is really through working and operating and playing with your nature and not against your nature with so many dieting, fad, crazy things, try to get us to do stuff that's just unnatural. We reject that and we uh, invite you to operate from a context of compassion and self-love and you are enough exactly as you are. And part of that whole process is accepting yourself for who you are, knowing that you deserve the care and the love. Um, that you are trying to provide for yourself and you deserve that. You deserve to put yourself first. And it's also okay to, to want to be better and do better. But first, we have to come from that context of being kind and gentle and compassionate towards ourselves. And then the real deep lasting change can happen. So that's just a little small slice of what our world is about. We also have a free community online, which is on a platform called Mighty Networks. And so you can join us there. We have something called the Love Challenge, which is a free challenge you can do to learn about the practice of self-love and, and actually give you, uh, we give you six tools you can use to practice self-love. And so you can kind of go through that process and join our community. We have free calls on there, lunch and learns, challenges, all sorts of things. So join us. And those uh, links will be in the show notes. <music>